yesterday I went on Instagram live and I was able to talk about building a healthy relationships. I feel like with the internet, there's a lot of content about avoiding negative and toxic relationships, but there's not a lot of content about creating, multiplying, adding value to positive relationships. My intention today is to come on here and to talk to you about positive relationships. First, I want to read to you my post from last night, which came after the live, right? A healthy relationship is not something you attract. It is something you create. It takes intention, effort, and sacrifice. It takes a deep understanding of who you are. If you want a healthy relationship, it's very important that you understand your pain, your shortcomings, and what destructive belief systems you have. Sometimes people want to attend a picnic, but they're not bringing any sandwiches, chips, or snacks. If you want a relationship to thrive, you need to bring 100% effort to the table. You should aim to bring your best self and create a culture that encourages each other to bring their best version. As a unit, we should be stronger together, not weaker. In a healthy relationship, sharing feelings, goals, and talking openly should be welcome. It should be about fun and laughing. It should be about intimacy and creating an intimate bond. It should be about growth and connection. All too often I hear people hoping for, wishing for some, you know, some amazing relationship. You know, hopes hopes and prayers, prayers don't create them. Uh, what creates that is being intentional. What creates it is following a plan. What creates that is having purpose. Happy relationships don't don't get created with hopes and, and, and dreams and prayers. It needs to be an effort. It needs to be it needs to be top of mind. It needs to be uh, it needs to be a hey, I'm going to do this. Right. And so the day before um, I posted. This is from the care package book, it says. Be the type of couple who believes in supporting each other's endeavors, a couple who believes in encouraging each other with positive action and talk. Life is too short to be with someone who is not invested in you. So let's talk about some of the traits that I personally believe need to go into building a healthy relationship. First and foremost, support. If we're not supporting each other's endeavors, what what's the point? What's what's the point? If you're trying to be a writer and the person you're with does not like your writing, what's the point? If you're 22 years old, fresh out of college and you want to become the manager of a bank and then maybe one day become you know, the district manager, and then maybe later in your 40s become the president uh, of like a particular area or 
COO or, you know, become like a, a, a an executive in the company. And your partner doesn't like that idea. What's the point? What's the point of being with people if we're not supporting each other's endeavors? Let's think small scale. I just want to become a better baker. I want to be able to bake brownies and uh, cookies. If you don't support me and my endeavors in that kitchen to become a better baker, what's the point? When we live in a society, many societies, actually, many, many, many of our societies where they want to marginalize our thinking, they want us to think small, they want us to be afraid, they want us overthinking, they want us in anxious states, fearful of this and that. If I'm trying to better myself by having some type of goal or dream or or just something that is taking my my attention, helping me become a more well-rounded person, like being a better baker. Or, or, or trying to advance my career, or even if I'm just, you know, reading a book that's going to give me some type of insight on how I can do something better in my business or, you know, with my mental health. If I'm not getting support in those endeavors, what's the point? Now, I'm not saying I need a cheerleader at every, not, and this isn't me personally, we're talking openly here. We're just talking about everyone. You know, I don't think we need a cheerleader at every single turn in our life. I don't think we need to be encouraged at every single thing. I don't think we need to be, you know, having people clap for us every single time we wake up. But I'm just wondering if we're not, if we don't feel like we overall have the support, what's the point? Uh, The next part of that quote says, a couple who believes in encouraging each other with positive action and talk. Love isn't what you say to me. Positive action and talk. Love is what you, love is what you do consistently over and over. Love is a behavior. Love is a lifestyle. You can tell me you love me. You can tell me you love me. You can tell me you like me. But how do you treat me? How do you treat yourself? How do you treat the family? How do you treat friends? See, love is about action and talk. It's not just about, oh, I love you. I love you so much. No, it's about action and talk. On the backside of this post, I put a couple of a couple of traits that I feel like are are so valuable uh, and so important to creating a healthy relationship. And the very first one is trust. So let's just talk about this for a second. Trust. What is what is trust? What is trust? If you if you Google trust, as a matter of fact, let's do that. Let's just Google trust and let's see what the definition is. It says a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability or strength of someone or something. Okay. So that's a trust to believe in reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. So if you want me to believe in you, I need to be able to trust you and your actions. This may sound super dramatic, but let's say we're dating. When you walk out the house and you say, oh, yeah, I'm about to go do some errands. 
I need to trust that when you come back, <laughs> you didn't go rob a bank while you were gone. I need to trust that you're doing behaviors that is not going to sabotage your own freedom and that you're doing behaviors that's not going to bring unneeded, unnecessary stress and drama into my life as well. Now, everybody has different things they need in their life. But one thing that I aspire is to have peace of mind. At the end of the day, I need peace of mind. I need peace of mind in relationships. I need peace of mind with my job. I need peace of mind with myself, most importantly. If you leave the house and I'm dating you and I think you're going to call me because you got into a shouting match with someone at Whole Foods and you need me to come beat this person up or fight or you need me to defend you or you're going to call me and say, hey, I robbed a bank. Come bail me out. If I have any anxiety about the way you move when you're not around me, that means that I can't trust you. And if I can't trust you, I can't be with you because I don't need to be with someone who's going to bring me consistent anxiety, consistent stress. That is not the type of lifestyle I want to live because I want peace of mind. I want peace of mind. The other thing that I talked about was uh, in this post was intimacy. And I'll, like I said, you know, I'll be the first I'll be the first guy to admit this. I'm one of the one of the people who when you hear the word intimacy, you just assume sex, you know, a sexual connection. Uh, intimacy is deeper than sex. You know, uh, intimacy is and this is how you can create intimacy is sharing personal uh, feelings, sharing personal ideas with someone. Okay. I'm a writer. Okay. So in the context of being a writer, let's say I have a story, uh, a novel story that is so good. I'm so inspired by it, but I'm not a hundred percent confident sharing it with, let's say the world or, you know, my fans, my readers, but in my relationship, I should be able to share, Hey, look, these are the characters. This is the town they're in. Here's the conflict. Here's what's going on. I'm not really sure how it's going to end, but I think so-and-so is going to do this. This character is going to die. This person is going to, you know, whatever. Right. So that's an idea as a, as a creative, that's an idea. And when you share those type of ideas that creates intimacy. Okay. Let's say you're not a creative. And let's say, you know, you come home from work and you want to create intimacy in your relationship. Well, let's just say maybe your mom is sick or your dad's sick, or uh, maybe you're thinking about moving, you know, go ahead and open up to your partner. Even if you guys are new, go ahead and open up and, and just, Hey, you know, I want to talk with you about some of the things going on in my family. Some of the the stuff we're dealing with, or, Hey, I want to talk to you about some future goals I have. I, I think, I think I'm done living in, in, in California. I think it's time for us to move. How do you feel about moving? Have you, have you thought about Texas? Have you ever thought about living in Canada? You know, it could be time for us to move, you know? So ultimately intimacy is, can be done through conversation. Another good way through physical touch that you can produce intimacy 
is holding hands, laying on top of each other. If you're going to be watching like a Netflix or watching a movie, you know, lay, lay on the person, lean on the person. Uh, even if it's something so simple, like, Hey, let me just, let me just rest my foot on you. Or let me just, you know, rest my hand on you. Just sharing that, that, that body temperature is a way to create intimacy. So that intimacy can be done through conversation. It can also be done through touch. Another way intimacy can be done is throughout your day, taking time to stop and give each other a hug. Just stop and give each other a hug. I remember when I was in college, there was a uh, professor who was talking about the fact that we need between six to nine hugs a day. And the professor was talking about how uh, that many types of hugs makes you feel loved and welcomed and and that we should be a culture of people who just love to give hugs. Now, obviously, with, you know, everything going on right now with a uh, pandemic going on, there's some people may be uh, standoffish when it comes to giving a hug. But look, if you're, you know, you're not. If your partner's not sick and you're not sick, you guys should be giving each other hugs. <sighs> Another way uh, that you can create intimacy is that you can just invite people into your life by saying things like, how do you how do you do this? Teach me. Teach me how to do this. Let's say you want to be a baker and you know that your partner is great at baking brownies. Instead of just being upset that you can't bake the way they can bake. Maybe you just invite them to be your teacher and say, hey, teach me, teach me how to do this. And then they teach you. And and that can be an intimate moment. That can be a moment of connection and a moment of bonding. The next thing that I have is mutual respect. This is another uh, one of the five traits for healthy relationships. If I don't respect you, I cannot love you. If I don't respect you. I cannot love you. Now, I don't know if that is because the gender differences and just how men love. I don't know if that's a man thing or, or if that's a me thing. But if I do not have respect for you, I can't love you. There's people that I have love for, but because I don't respect them, I would never want to actively be in a relationship with them. Never. Because I don't respect them. Respect to me is something that is self-evident. It is something that you can respect me with your behavior. You can respect me with how you talk. You can respect me with uh, the, the way we interact, right? Also, respect is how you treat yourself how you allow other people to treat you, how you allow the world around you to to interact. If you don't respect yourself, it will be hard for me to respect you. And then it would then be hard for me to love you, act to actively love you. I think some people struggle with their relationships because they don't have respect for themselves. 
they don't have that self-love from within. And so their their partner or partners or whoever they come across, they kind of just look at them as like a pushover, as a walkover. If that's something that you relate to, if you relate to those words, the key component that you need in your life is to create healthy boundaries. So people are not walking all, all over you, not taking advantage of you. But then also to get into some habits of self-love, taking care of yourself, taking care of your body, taking care of your mental, cleaning up your diet and eating well, cleaning up your sleep hygiene and getting some type of consistent sleep, figuring out the the passions that drive you, the purposes that drive you, uh, and just getting motivated for the life that you deserve. You know, if you don't if you don't have the respect for yourself, that's what you need to do. It's very simple. That's what you need to do. Figure out some of the things you're passionate about. And maybe if you don't know, that means that you need to try a couple of different things. So open yourselves up to some different passions. All right. Clean up the diet. Clean up your sleep. Maybe clean up your phone book. Clean up the people you're associating yourself with and and just get your life to a more uh, a, a place that feels like peace of mind to you. Because once you do that, then your partner or any potential partner is going to have a higher level of respect for you. And with a higher level of respect comes a higher level of love. Or at least the the capability to love at a, at a higher vibration or a higher frequency because there's more respect there. Now, Again, I got two more pieces here, active listening and presence, but I want to just throw in um, another one. Okay. So let's make this six traits of healthy relationships. It's fun. It's fun. Anything, when I say fun, what do you think of? Maybe, maybe traveling together, playing basketball together, having sex, laughing and telling jokes, playing board games, playing card games, uh, teasing each other, people watching working out together, eating pizza together, you know, maybe sleeping until 11 and turning your phones off. Fun needs to be a part of the relationship. So many people make it so serious. They make dating such a hard thing and, well, we need to be doing this and we need to be doing this. And it like, just stop it. Make it fun. Make it fun. Uh, make your relationship about from from the beginning and, and every day. If it's a marriage, if it's if it's high school sweethearts, if you guys been together four years, it doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't matter. What matters is that you're building the principles that are going to give you a a great foundation. Okay, have fun. If you don't know what's fun for your relationship, ask your partner, hey, when we're having the most fun, what are we doing? What what are the three things that we are doing when we're having the most fun? Right. And then ask yourself that, like, what what is fun to you with your partner? And then once you have six things, they tell you three, you tell you, you come up with three. Now you have six activities that's fun to you as a collective that means we need to be doing those activities more. We need to be spending more time in those activities. 
Don't make relationships so serious. They don't have to be so serious. Make them fun. Build that trust. More trust means more fun. More intimacy means more more fun. Okay? More respect means more fun. I'm allowed to be myself around you and, and have more fun with you when I totally respect you. When I know that you embrace me and accept me as I am for who I am, I can now open up to you. This apply. This is universal. Now let's talk about active listening. You're here on the Free Your Energy podcast. You've been tuned in. You're listening. But so many people in their relationships, they don't seem to listen. They just wait for their turn to talk. And I'll be honest with you. I'll be real. I'm going to be real honest with you. That strategy does not advance your relationship. You have to stop waiting for your turn to talk. Instead, if you want to improve your relationship, if you want to improve your trust, if you want to improve the respect that flows between the two of you, if you want to improve intimacy, you have to become a better listener. Active listening is how you do that. So right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to break down the communication model. When I was in college, I studied communications. Okay. So right now I am the sender. I am sending you what's called a message. I am the sender sending you a message. As the message travels to you, you become what's called the receiver. Once you receive the message, then you encode the message. Encoding is how you determine how to respond, how to feel, how to think. Uh, if I'm educating you, if I'm telling you something, if I'm sharing something with you, encoding is how you process the message. And then once you process the message through the encoding process, then you send what's called what is called feedback. So then feedback is also a message. So I sent you a message and then you're sending me a message back. That's called feedback. So with the feedback, here's a here's a here's a role play of how that could work. Okay. This is what people do that's ineffective. Here's a role play. Yeah, so uh today I came up with a new character from my novel that I'm working on. And this character, her name is uh, her name is Rose. She's very intriguing. Actually, I don't think my main character is going to trust her very much because she she's just not a trustworthy person, but she's very charismatic. She's she's kind of like got that like narcissistic vibe, but she's like cool, but you can't really trust her. And yeah, that's why I wanted to write her into the story, because I wanted someone with some personality, but someone who is also kind of dangerous. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the other day I was thinking about, you know, in my book, too, I was thinking about putting a character like that in my book because, yeah, I need it. I need a character like Rosie. As a matter of fact, you know, have you ever seen that movie? OK, come on, come on, come on back. See, when you do that, when you just start talking about yourself, you're not giving the person feedback to show that you're actively listening and and, and actively engaged in what they're saying. A better comment would be something along the lines of, and this is this is my personal preference when it comes to 
uh, good feedback. I like open-ended questions. I like for people to just share how they feel, what they're thinking. I'm really into learning people's mental process. So if someone was to say to me, hey, you know, I wrote this character, Rosie. She's kind of narcissistic, She's but she's got a great personality. She's untrustworthy. I would have followed that up and I would have said, so who is she going to interact with in, in the story? I probably then would have said, why did you want to write her? I know you mentioned, you know, you wanted to bring some personality, but is there a deeper reason? Like, is there some type of plot twist that's coming? And then there would have been a follow up to to that. And then I would have said, so is is Rose a character? Maybe you can't tell me, but is Rose a character that dies or does she kill someone? Is she, you know, just a, is she another main character or is she just kind of like a subplot? Like what's kind of her the definition of her in this story? Right. So if you follow up with three, four questions, obviously they need to be appropriate for, you know, what we're talking about. But if you're following up with three or four questions on what someone says to you you are completely opening up the relationship for more intimacy, more connection. You're allowing the person to be more vulnerable, You're, which is going to build trust. If I trust that I can talk to you, that I can open up to you, I'm going to continue to open up to you, right? That's a psychology process called classical conditioning. It feels good to open up, to be welcome, to be vulnerable, and then people allow you to do so, right? And if you allow me to do so, we are classically conditioning each other. So I'm going to keep doing it because I'm getting a good response. I'm getting, I'm feeling like I'm being loved because I'm being listened to, right? And and so active listening is going to take all of your relationships to the next level. And the way I see it, if you listen to podcasts, you're probably a good active listener. Um, But if you're, if you're great at listening to podcasts, but you're not great at listening in your relationship, then what you need to do is the same way you sit and listen to podcasts or movies and you you really hang on every word and really listen to the tone and pitch and everything. Do the same thing in your relationships. It will literally make your relationships so much better. Now, my last thing, uh, the sixth trait here is going to be presence. Presence. Uh, Presence is an interesting one because as of right now, a lot of people probably have uh, been spending more time together than ever before. So with presence, it's not. I think this definition can be subjective based on who you are and what your life is made of. Uh, based on what love needs you have, based on the way you want to be loved, based on how you view yourself in your relationship. So this one is very subjective, but at the very basic root level, presence is being totally present, totally one with each other. Sometimes say we lay on the couch and we're watching a movie. Maybe we're not totally present. Maybe we're on tw- you're on Twitter and I'm on Instagram and maybe we're just casually watching the movie. But then another night, maybe we're completely present and we have some popcorn out. We have some wine. Uh, you're laying on me or I'm laying on you. We have, you know, we have matching socks on. 
Maybe we ordered some pizza and we're just eating dinner over the movie. Maybe we picked the movie together. Totally different vibe, right? Totally different vibe than what I just described. Or let's say, you know, under normal times, maybe we go out to dinner. Hey, if I'm watching the basketball, if I'm watching the Lakers game and we're at dinner, am I totally present with you? Well, I am if you're also watching the Lakers game. And if if we went out to dinner with the intention of, hey, let's watch the Lakers game together, then we are totally present. But if it's a, hey, I want to watch a Lakers game and you just want to, you know, eat dinner and talk, could there be a way to do both? Yes. But are we totally present? I don't know. I don't know. Because at that point, we might have two different goals and two different agendas. Maybe it would be better if I went, if you're not trying to watch the Lakers, maybe maybe it would be better if I went to the Lakers game uh, with my guys who want to watch the Lakers and then you do whatever you want to do. And then maybe after we come see each other and then we genuinely connect. So my thing is this presence is something that is it's a little hard to describe because it's subjective to the confines of each relationship. But what I can tell you for sure without any equivocations is the more that you are totally present with each other, the more intimacy and trust can grow, right? And so what we have to do is find some couples, what they'll do is they'll find pockets of routine where they can be present together no matter what. So maybe the... Maybe you have breakfast together every single day at the same time. Or maybe if you both work, maybe 15 miles apart, you have a conference call or a lunch call where you talk every single day in the middle of the day. At the same time, you talk on each other's lunch break. Okay. Uh, Some families have dinner together at the exact same time. Nobody's going to the Lakers game. We're going to watch or excuse me, we're going to have dinner together. 6 p.m. dinner served. Right. Some couples go for a three mile run every Saturday and, and, and they're totally present. There's no music. They just run together. When, when one gets tired, they take a break, stop and talk. And, you know, there's so many ways you can be present. I don't want to vilify any Lakers fans. I'm a Lakers fan. Hope the NBA comes back. We need, we need basketball. <laughs> uh, I don't want to vilify anyone who wants to watch a, a movie or sporting event and talk at the same time. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. My question is, are we present? And it's about knowing, it's about the self-awareness of knowing, hey, you know what? We are watching a movie together, but I'm actually on Twitter and, you know, she's on Pinterest. We're just, we're just being around each other. Okay, cool. But we're not present and we know we're not present and we can acknowledge that because we both know. But tomorrow we're going to be totally present because we're going to do our pizza party with the popcorn and uh, put our phones away and flirt and engage and make sure we're touching each other and stuff like that. Right. So I just feel like as long as as a couple, you know exactly what you're doing and then you guys are transparent in your communications with each other about. Uh, how how much presence there is. And then also, here's the other thing. If there's not enough presence, it's not one of those things where you need to go screaming at your partner saying, hey, feed me, feed me, feed me, give me more, give me more, give me more. That, I mean, that's, that's not what you do. You can just have a compassionate conversation about it and just say, hey, look, 
we need to we need to hang out. Let's go ahead and set up set something up. Let's set up a date. It doesn't matter if you live together. It doesn't matter if you're married. It doesn't matter if let's set up a date. A date. The intention of a date is to share space. Right. So set up a date. Stop going through the motions. Stop waiting for your relationship to just magically be what we want it to be. It's about it's about being intentional. It's about taking action. It's about saying, hey, you know what? Me and my partner, we have not been present in 10 days. There will not be an 11th day. We are going to be present. Hey, partner, call your partner, show up at your partner's house, or maybe you live with your partner. Hey, partner, I love you dearly. I need I need you. I need some you time. I need some you energy. Uh, so let's set something up tonight. Let's play Connect Four. Let's get some wine and play Connect Four. Phones off, just me and you. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. Okay, perfect. Perfect. Guys, relationships are not hard. It is really about two things. It's about having a vision for the type of relationship you want. And then it's about the action that we take to create the relationship. That's it. Having the vision for what you want and then the actions that we take. Right. Uh, And so I I just want to thank you for your time today. Uh, We just wanted to. Just wanted to share some space with you about creating healthy relationships. Now, I want to tell you about a few of the offerings I have. I have a brand new course out right now called How to Stop Overthinking. That course is available uh, if you go to my like my Instagram or Twitter or anywhere, you can find my link and you can just go to the link in my bio. It's a link tree. You can go to my website. So the How to Stop Overthinking course. I just clicked on it right now. Uh, I, I just want to tell you how much it costs and everything. There's 10 there's 10 videos in there. Uh, once you click on them, you are you have access to the course right away. Okay, and so with that, there's about 10 different videos that will tell you how to stop overthinking. There's also another course I have called the Deep Healing Course. The Deep Healing Course I've been working on for a few months now. And the Deep Healing Course, oof, massive, 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 massive course. It's going to do a lot of healing. Uh, this actually will be in there where we're talking about healthy relationships. Okay, so with the overthinking course, you can do two payments of $55 or you can do uh, one payment of $97. Okay. Uh, and like I said, there's going to be about 10 different videos in there. You can download them. You'll have instant access to them. Now with the... Uh, what's the other course? The deep healing course. That course, the total is you could do one payment. It's going to be. One ninety seven. There's going to be about twenty five videos, I believe, about twenty five videos. OK, and then there's also. Installments, so you can do an installment of two payments, three payments, four payments, Let's click here to see what the four payments are. Uh, the four payments are fifty six twenty five. 
Okay, and then the three payments are uh, 73.33. Two payments are uh, 105. Okay. Um, so with these courses, if you sign up for the course, as long as I have my account active, you'll be able to have access to the course. After registration, you'll receive an email. And then that way you can log in. You'll have a unique login profile and you'll get access uh, to the course. Like I said, we do the monthly installments if that's available for you. If you don't live in the United States, perfectly fine. You don't have to live in the United States. You can um, be anywhere in the world to access these courses. And then uh, how long are the courses available for? Like I said, once you purchase the course, it'll never go away. As long as I have an active account, the course material will be in there for you and you'll have full access to the course. Um, and so if anyone is in need of deep healing, which I think we all are, or the how to stop overthinking course, they are both available to be ordered. Like I said, just visit my my website or just go to the link in my bio, my Instagram. And here's my closing remark. Healthy relationships are not relationships that we wish and hope for. They don't just come out of the sky. People, no one just gives them to us. It's not about trying to just attract. Oh, let me just attract a healthy. It's not what we need to be doing. What we need to be doing is figuring out who we are, what we bring to the table, what limiting beliefs we possess, what negative traits live inside of us that could potentially sabotage a relationship, right? And then on the positive side of things, we need to figure out what type of lover we are. What, what, how do we like to be loved? How do we like to express our love? What are some of the things that we bring to the table? And this is so simple. You don't have to think like, oh man, I need to have $100,000 saved. And I, you know, I had a client who said that. This person said that they wanted to have $100,000 saved. They wanted to have a house. They wanted to have a car before they started dating again. You don't need all that stuff. All you need is your heart and soul, man. That's it. That's all you need to date. It's homeless people who are in, in relationships. Okay. It's, it's multimillionaires who are in relationships. It's teenagers who are in relationships. It's people from all races who are in relationships. It's people from every country in relationships. The president is in a relationship. The prime minister is in a relationship. Your favorite basketball player is in some type of relationship. We all have relationships with other people. And then we have the relationship we have with ourselves. We don't have to create and wait till we get to the certain spot and, you know, have these certain titles and, you know, achieve these certain graduations. You don't have to wait for those things to just build a connection with someone. You don't. You don't have to wait for those things to build a better connection with yourself, even. Whatever it is you're looking to do within the confines of a relationship, dating, healing, self-love, self-awareness, whatever that looks like for you, just know that you don't have to wait for it. And also know that you do have to take the steps and be intentional and create it. And to go for it. I believe in you. I have a lot of love for you. Uh, I'm always going to be here for you. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, I'll be here for a lot longer. 
And uh, you have just listened to a new episode of the Free Your Energy podcast. This episode was hosted by the two new courses, the How to Stop Overthinking course and the Deep Healing course. I hope you find what you need to keep moving forward in life. I hope you keep finding, creating, cultivating the love that you deserve from within. I hope that you see the good in life. I hope that you go for it, man. Just go for it. Just go for it. I hope that you create what you want. And I hope you continue to free your energy.